Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the James McDonald Podcast, where we say love to live to love. That's our focus, that's our passion, and we invite you to let God's Word have that impact in your life right now. Here's Pastor James. I want to talk to you about uh, a, a specific passage of uh, Scripture, God's Word, tonight. It's not going to be a long message, but I hope it'll be a helpful one. Uh, the title of the message is, uh, To Know Him is to Love Him. To Know Him is to Love Him. And I want to tell you about my wife, Kathy. Where is she? She was here. I was going to put her up on the screen. There she is, just waving at the back. I got to tell you about my wife. She's great. You, you couldn't possibly love her as much just seeing her. N- knowing her is absolutely key to loving her. You just find out she's super generous. She spends her time for others. She's uh, one of the most reliable people I've ever known for doing things, for always being the same, being super solid. She is a giver, giver, giver all the time to everyone that she meets. And I've been blessed to be married to her now for over 40 years. There's just no way, if you don't know what I know, you couldn't, you couldn't. If you don't know what I know, you can possibly love her like, like I do. And um, I, yeah, let me tell you about, uh, let me tell you about Bobby. Now, 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 this is, Bobby's a bit of an experiment. I, there, was an, there was something that happened up in heaven. I wasn't in on the conversation, but I know what happened. You know, the Lord just said to some of the creative angels, we're going to try one of these, <laughs> and we'll see how it goes. Because it's a very high-risk proposition. And, and uh, i got to just say, I think it's going awesome. And if you don't know this man and how he loves and how he cares and what he gives, if you don't feel that like I feel it, it's because you don't know him. If you knew him, you'd feel the way that I feel. I know you would. You just don't know him. You just got to get to know him better. When you know him better, you're going to love him like we do because to know him is to love him. And uh, I feel the very same way about Chuck. Now, Chuck, there's there's only one Chuck, too. And he brings such a lifetime of history and the things that he went through before he found the Lord, before he found his wife, before he found sobriety. And he was up here maybe a couple months ago giving his testimony. But I got to just say that to know Chuck is to love him. There's no no possible way that I don't love you more than I did last month, more than I did six months ago, more than I did a year ago. The more I get to know you and see how you operate and how you love your family and how you suffer well, under the hardest of circumstances, my respect for you just, and I, we feel the same way, Bobby, and it just goes up, 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 up. He lost his son this summer. He's been through so much. Here he is again. Nobody works as many hours as he does. Sometimes it looks like he worships Jewel, but he doesn't. He worships the Lord, and, and he just works at Jewel. And, and, uh, but I, I want you to say this. It's good that I'm doing this tonight for some of you that are new here. You know, to know those two guys is, is really to love them. And... Uh, same thing's true about Sharon, who's standing back there at the counter, who was working with Bobby, hustling, hustling, trying to get all those screens together, and she's just a person who's always working to make everything work, right? Now, when you came here, you didn't know her, did you? No, not at all, right? And Bobby, you didn't know her when you came here, but the more you get to know her, the more you love her. When you go from a week to a month to a year to a decade of seeing someone who's always on, always doing it, always reliable, I mean, that's just really hard to find. And... Uh, Let me just say that great things are happening here in people's lives, but they wouldn't be happening the way that they are happening if we didn't uh, have uh, Sharon. And I want to just say that to know her is also to love her. And that's great. Yeah, amen. So I would like to continue on down that list. I see a lot of people here 
that I'm in, I'm in that experience with now. Some of the guys in the houses I've got to know you. I feel the same way about you. Here's the point I'm trying to make. It's this. A lot of times people say, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just not into the Lord the way you guys are. I get it. I get it. God, you know, his son, Jesus Christ, I've heard that stuff, you know, but I just, I don't feel what you feel. I get it. It's because you don't know him. Okay, it's just because you don't know him. It's the only reason. It's the only reason. And so I want to go into my favorite gospel passage tonight. It's in John chapter 11. I just want to show you some things about Jesus, and here's my goal. I, you don't have to think like I think, but I will tell you this. I think we both feel the same way about Bobby already. I think we both feel the same way about Chuck already. See, as we get to know these people, why would you be surprised that so many people who know the Lord love the Lord. Hey, Jay. So many people that know the Lord love the Lord. And, and wouldn't you just give that a few minutes now? Okay? I'm not going to talk for very long, but I'm just going to start to read in this passage. If you have a Bible on your phone or in your lap, this is the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and it's chapter 11. This is a passage of Scripture that most people don't even know. It's a passage of scripture that talks about Jesus' friendships. And Chris, I gotta say, when I saw you earlier this week, my face lit up like you hadn't been here for a while. Now you're back with us. You've been through some things. You're back again. We love you. We're glad you're back here. But, 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 and that's friendship, right? That's growing friendship. Jesus Christ, while he walked the earth, he ministered to countless thousands of people, but no surprise, he had some friends, some personal friends. And their names were Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Let me start to read in verse 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus, of Bethany. Bethany is about five miles um, outside of Jerusalem, a little village. The village of Mary and her sister Martha. Martha was the oldest. She was the firstborn. Come on, hands up, firstborns. Come on, firstborns, let's see your hands. Yeah, we know all about you. And, and how freaking dominant you are, and how what a sense of everything. We get it. Hands up, secondborns. Let's party! All right? And, and uh, I don't know if I believe all the birth order stuff, but um, it was definitely present here. Mary was, Mary was super serious, always on task. Or Martha was super serious, always on task. Mary was um, have party, will travel. And Lazarus was the baby, the youngest brother. Now, notice it says it was Mary. There's actually only one Martha in the New Testament, so that's easy to spot. There's actually seven Marys, but not, obviously not Jesus' mother. Um, what, what we believe here is that this particular Mary um, was very likely the one who had anointed Jesus' feet, the woman who had been caught in sin and... Uh, immorality and Christ forgave her and Jesus said about her he who who is forgiven much loves much so when you realize how much you need God's forgiveness and then you get it I mean how can you not love the one who wiped the slate clean it says here it was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was ill so the sisters sent to him, saying, so no email here, no phones, no nothing like that. 
Jesus was in a different city, two days walk away. So Mary and Martha, like Lazarus is sick, this isn't like he has a cold, he has the flu. You're gonna walk two days to tell Jesus, the dude's sick. He's like sick unto death, serious business. Get here now, or this is gonna end badly. So the sisters sent to him, Jesus saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Now the text goes out of the way to show how much Jesus, you have people like this, call to mind the name, the face of someone that you really love. Somebody who, if you got the notification here right now, you would be on your feet so fast and out of this room because you love them that much that if they're like, come now, it's urgent, you'd be on your feet, right? You know what I'm talking about? So they sent word. The guy had to walk a couple of days. He finally shows up. He goes up to Jesus. Lord, the one whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Now, some translations say do not end in death. Literally, in the original language, it means this illness is not toward death. That's not where this is going. This is for the glory of God. Now, if you could just take one word from the God who made you about your situation, that would be an awesome one. I like to phrase this this way. It's not, Jesus says, this is not gonna end in death. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what it sounds like, this is not gonna end badly. That's a pretty good word, right? How many people take that right now? If I could have that right now here, you come to this house, you come to one of our houses, you come to this property because someone's here that you love, you come here because you've loved us and you're following our ministry, however you got here, I'd be real surprised if you wouldn't take that as your thing today, a word from the God of the universe. Nothing is over, nothing. Nothing is over till it's over. Nothing is over till it's over. And here Jesus is saying that you know, it's not over, okay? And this is such a phenomenal promise. The bottom line is the disciples are going to freak out in the part that I'm still going to read. But before I even get to their freaking out, there was no need for them to freak out if they had just taken that simple word. God is watching. He sees. This is not going to end badly. Now, how many of our problems come from Listening men, listen now. How many of our problems come from we're listening to the wrong voice? Just think about it. how many times did I get where I didn't want to be? Hey, right, Rich, huh? Listening to the wrong voice. I was listening to the wrong voice. So it's hard to know sometimes who to listen to, right? And, and uh, so I, I got three of them here because obviously it could be people, but there's kinds of voices too. One of the worst voices to listen to is the voice of appearance what it looks like, right? You're looking at what it looks like. Man, I can't see a way out of this. I can't imagine how this is gonna end better than it is. I can't imagine not feeling the grief that I feel now. So you go by what it looks like. Come on, everybody vote on that. Should we go by what it looks like? Right, come on, vote with me. Get involved in this. We should not go by what it looks like. Here's another one. The voice of feeling. 
I'm not going by what it looks like. I'm going by what it feels like. Why are you doing that? Because I feel like it. Why are you going there? Because I feel like it. Why are you picking that up to your mouth? Because I feel like it. And I've been doing what I didn't feel like doing for a long time. Now I'm going to do what I feel like doing. How's that been working? Come on, vote with me. All right, wrong voice, wrong voice, not the voice of appearance, not the voice of feeling. And then, and then this one, the voice of friends, right? The voice of friends. Well, I, I, I wasn't going to do this again, but I can't disappoint Steve. I can't tell Kevin no. I can't tell Todd again. And we try to please people and we injure ourselves because we're afraid of their rejection. And we fall in decisions we said we'd never make again. Let me just give you this. If some of you like to write things down, beware of friends who counsel to your flesh. See, there's a part of you that wants to do the right thing. Do you know about that part? You feel it inside you, wants to do the right thing. And then there's a part of you that wants to just, you know, forget it all. And other words that begin with, F <laughs> and forget it all. Just forget it. And and so I'm gonna make a decision. Some people who give you input are speaking to the person who wants to forget it all. Some people are counseling to your flesh. There's another F word. The dark part of you, the down part of you, the selfish part of you, the now part of you. And you know who the friends are. They got to all get X'd. If you can't say no to them, they got to go. Because otherwise, it's just a matter of time till they say what they say and off you go. Those people got to be out of your life at least until you get way, way down the road in making sure you're still going to be here, which is what we hope and what we pray for you. So um, that's one way that they counsel to your flesh. Instead, you're looking for friends like well, like the two friends that I have here. I've been going through my own things. Those of you around here regularly know it. And I've had some pretty bad days even in the last year. And here's two brothers that no matter when I talk to them, they're just, they always tell me what I don't want to hear. <laughs> they always tell me the thing that I need to hear. Now, those are the friends you're looking for. And Rich, we were blessed by your testimony tonight. I want to say in front of everyone, you have become that man. You are such a reliable source of wisdom and good counsel. And I mean, Bobby's not calling you for nothing. You know, seriously, maybe sometimes he does call. <laughs> he in fact, if you, if you miss Bobby's call and you call him back, you'll find that sometimes he doesn't even remember why he called. <laughs> but I just, I just want us to hear we have a word and I want to speak it over your life whether you don't know the Lord at all, at all, or whether you've known him for a long time, he's loved you since you were born. He has a plan for your life. He wants to bring good things into your life. And if you knew him more, you'd love him more. But that doesn't mean he doesn't love you. And so his word for all of us and over our lives tonight is this. It's not over till Jesus says it's over. One day I was driving along with my second son who's actually preaching today in Portugal. So he's long ago grown and married. He has three kids of his own. His name's Landon. 
and uh, he was probably about eight or nine years old, kind of like what nine is right now. And he was, I was just in, have you ever been in a foul mood and you don't even know why? Come on, don't leave me up here. <laughs> Anybody ever been in a foul mood? Not even exactly oh, yeah. sure why. So I just drive along in my truck and I just wasn't that happy. And I looked over at my second son and just, he was just smiling ear to ear. There was nobody, there was nothing on the radio. There was nothing. I said, kind of bugging me a bit, honestly. So, <laughs> so I said to him, I said, what's the matter with you? Just like that, though, not proud of it. I said, what's the matter with you? He said, nothing. Big smile on his face. I said, nothing at all? He said, no. I said, nothing's upsetting you? He said, no. He said, everything's awesome? He said, yep. <laughs> and that's the kind of heart that you can have when you let in the message that the Lord loves you and that nothing is over. He is bringing good things into your life. Now, here's the second thing. It comes right out of the passage. And this is going to get to the heart of what a lot of people don't know about the Lord. Think of this. What appears unloving may be the Lord's greatest kindness to you. And I want to show this in the text because it's amazing. He said, the one whom you love is sick. And uh, when Jesus heard this, he said, well, it's not going to end in death. It's for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified, which means to show himself. And then it says it again. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved them. Get ready for this. This is shocking what I'm going to say right now. Third time, he loved them, he loved them, he loved them. John eleven six. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. I needed a bit of a reaction for that. It's kind of, it's a bit like this. Okay, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. He, when he, he loved them, but when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. I know. As, as in, who does that, right? Didn't we all just agree that if we got that text or we got that phone call, that there's that person that needs you, you'd be out of here, right? You'd be out of here. Come on, turn to somebody beside you and say, I'd be out of here. I'd be out of here, right? But not Jesus. How, why, why, why? And this is, this is, if we could have real honesty here, because otherwise what's the point of even being here, right? The reason why people are cheesed at God, the reason why people are kind of not for me, not for me, is because at some point or at some point in time, they calculated that a God of love was not, an not a possibility. Otherwise, he would never have let X happen, whatever that thing is. That wouldn't happen to my dad. That wouldn't happen to my mother, my sister, my friend, my spouse, my child. I cannot reconcile that with this God you're talking about, so I'm out. But the problem is, is that when we expect human conduct from the Lord, we're going we're gonna to be disappointed, right? Because he did stay two more days where he was, but now watch what happens. He stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, <clears throat> he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. That's where they were. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you there. You're going there again? Isn't that awesome? 
I, I don't think they figured out who Jesus is yet. So the disciples are like, seriously, we're going back there? You don't remember the big rocks? You don't remember the angry faces? You don't remember the time when we ran? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Or to say it in a brief phrase, as long as I'm in the light, nothing can hurt me. Man, I'd like to, I got a lot of tattoos, Max. I got a few myself. That'd be a really good one to get. As long as I'm in the light, nothing can hurt me. As long as I'm in the right, nothing can hurt me. As long as I'm under the noonday sun in the way that I think, in the way that I react, in the way that I process the past that's happened to me, if I'm in the light, you know when you're in the light, you know when your mind is clear and fresh and focused and committed, you're like, nothing could take me off this, <laughs> maybe this minute. Problem is the next minute, right? And the next hour and the next day. And that's why when Rich was up sharing tonight, Bobby said, one day at a time, one day. He's like, I'm, I'm a, only a week away from a year of sobriety. And someone who's 10 years into it yells out, one day at a time, right? And I also liked what we heard about, it's almost like I had to fall off one time to realize what the falling off feels like. I know what the addiction feels like, but I didn't know what the stumbling felt like because I'd only ever been on, and then I was off. This is why we have a rule here that, you know, don't choose this path, but we're not gonna turn you away because you stumbled once. We, every one of these beds is prayed over and we're so committed to where the person in that bed can get to in their life, all right? We're not gonna throw somebody off because of one time, but we do owe the bed to somebody who's serious about living free, right? And, but I think it's so awesome that he stayed where he was and then that thing about walking in the light, as long as I'm in the light, nothing can hurt me. And then this is the final thing. So when I'm done with this, I'm gonna be done. And that'll allow me to get through the rest of the story. So I'll go back to the text where it says, the, the disciples say, hey, we were just getting stoned there. Seriously? Jesus says, well, let's stay in the light. After saying these things, verse 11, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. Man, they really did not want to go back there because then they said, the disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll recover. Like, like duh. He doesn't mean he fell asleep. What does he mean? He died. That's just a euphemism for dying. We say passed away. They said he's fallen asleep. It looks like that till you get over to the person. Ever touched a dead body? First words that come to your mind? Cold, right? Cold. And no, he wasn't sleeping. Lazarus had died. In fact, I would suggest to you, if you don't know the end of the story, you're going to really like it. I would suggest to you that the reason why Jesus stayed away for two more days was so that he would die. So they're like, oh, do we really have to go back to the rock place? If he's just sleeping, he can, I mean, he'll handle that. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant he was taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 
Now, have you ever had been in that conversation where you're trying to kind of say it delicately and the person doesn't get it? So then you're just like, all right, you're not getting it. So he's like, let's go back to Jerusalem. We're going to help Lazarus. He's falling asleep. And they're like, sleeping stones. So I don't want to go back there. I don't, I don't. And he's like, he's dead. That's what it's like. It's that short. He's dead. But that's not even the shocking thing. Then he goes on to say, and for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there. Oh my gosh. Remember what I said? To know him is to love him. So just stick with me for a sec. That seems cold, but it isn't at all. He says, yeah, we didn't go. And he did die because we didn't go. But I mean, did Jesus even need to go to Jerusalem to heal him? No, he created the universe, the Bible says. He spoke and the worlds were formed. He didn't need to go over there. But he delayed so that they would have those feelings if you'd been here. So he told them, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I'm glad that I was not there. Here it is. Here's the reason. So that you may believe. Have you ever opened? Look up here just for one sec. We can talk personally. Have you ever opened your heart to the possibility that maybe the reason things have been as hard for you for as long as they have been is so that you'll believe that maybe this God of love is trying to connect with you in a deeper way and more personal way than you've ever known before. And maybe the reason why you haven't got to where you want to get to is because there was still too much of you in it. I mean, old Bill W. there, he, uh, Wade gave me the most amazing article to read this week from Bill W. I'll probably bring it up in a couple of weeks. Um, it just impacted me so much. I'm grateful for Wade. And that Bill W. guy, he was no dope, y'all. I mean, that guy had so much insight, and he had a heart for the Lord. And this idea that God is at work in your circumstances trying to get you to open your heart to him. Please consider that. That's what's here. He says, I'm glad for your sake so, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas, he's, he's a fired up dude. He, and there's always this guy in the group, right? Thomas is like, let's go that we may die with him. It's pretty awesome, right? Because they think they're all going to get stoned. And so he's like, well, if we're going, we're going. We're going to do this. And I would just say, I just love that spirit. You know, you've come here, some of you, to be with us. If we're going to do this, let's do this. If we're going to go for it, let's go for it. What's worse than sleeping in a house for sobriety and trying to think of a way you can get back to your addiction? That's your worst moment right there, man. Immediately ring the phone of somebody. I mean, that is just, but, but we all know what it's like to have our body in the right place, but our mind is somewhere else, right? And so I love this guy because he's like, all right, if we're going, let's go. Let's walk fast. Let's get it on. That's what we want for you, not to waste your time, not to waste our time, more importantly, not to waste the Lord's time is the most important. So here comes Jesus into this area. They walked there, took him a couple days. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus was already, had already been in the tomb for four days, right? No embalming back then. When the person died, they're like, get him, get him in the tomb. And a lot of times he was in a cave. And so they're like, put him away, because that's not going to be smelling great in a few hours. I mean, very, very hot, humid 
climate. I've been blessed to be to Israel many, many times, and it's like the stickiest day of summer here is often there. So they had him in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, as I had said, about two miles off. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother who had died. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, right? Because who's going to go out to meet Jesus? They're both ticked off that their brother died. They know that they've seen his miracles. They know that if Jesus had been there, he wouldn't have died. So who's going out to meet him? The firstborn or that partying secondborn? Firstborn's going out to meet him. That's exactly what happens. Martha goes out and meets him. Martha said to Jesus, never slow with the confrontation, those firstborn, right? She said to Jesus, here it is, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's pretty high in the moxie scale, I'd say. You know, um, I think I'd be a little hesitant to confront Jesus and say, you're screwing this up pretty bad. But she went right at him. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But then look at her gracious follow-up word. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, the Father, he will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. How's that for good news? How many people have been at a funeral home with someone you love in the casket? What if Jesus showed up in person and said to you, he's going to rise again? Martha didn't want her to get her hopes up, so she said, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. This is one of those awesome things. So I almost got to act this out a little bit. So um, who wants to help me? You want to help me? Want to be in the sermon, Joe? You don't want to? You can stay there. You know, okay, look at that. He took the out. <laughs> well, who's the one person sitting near me that we know would love to be up front? Come on, Bobby. Bobby! Woo! All right, so, so here's, 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 um, now in this, in this little play, I've decided to play the part of Jesus. Someone say good call. And, and, and Bobby is going to be Martha. Even better. I know, right? <laughs> Look at him. This is Martha. This is so, Martha, you're lovely. Okay, so you say to me, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But he's going to rise again. And now, now you say, I know he will at the last day. I know he will at the last day. Say, I know he will at the last resurrection. I know he will at the last resurrection. I am the resurrection. That's what he said right there. Thank you. I mean, you, that's what he said. It's in the text. I am the resurrection. I mean, that's awesome. You're like, I know it'll rise at the last resurrection. I am the resurrection. You want to know who rises, people? You don't want to know who the author of life is? These dudes were afraid they were going to get stoned. I am the resurrection and the life. Then he goes on to say this amazing, amazing thing. I'll simply read the verse to you. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Even if you die physically, you won't die spiritually. You'll go to be with the Lord. 
And I want to tell you something really personal. Everybody feels a little different about their parents. And my father's 87. I was texting with him today. But it's not so long ago that I was in this room talking about somebody that I really had to forgive. And those who were closest to me know that it was my dad. And some of you prayed for me when I went to meet with my dad. And I'm thankful that I have a restored relationship with him uh, as we speak. I was closer for my life to my mom. I'm, I'm like my mom. My mom gave me, my middle name is Sherwood. And when I was a little kid, I would tell people, um, ask me if I'd like to change my middle name. And so they'd say, do you want to change your middle name? And I'd say, sure would. <laughs> it was only when I got older and realized how significant it was that my mother had given me her maiden name for my middle name. And uh, when I was a kid, my mom would whisper in my ear when she saw me doing something she liked, she would say, sure would, you know how to work. And uh, I really, really miss my mom. She died a very painful death from ALS. And she suffered pretty significantly, if you know anything about ALS. And at one point, this would have been in June of 2010, my father, who was also uh, really, really grieved by what my mom was suffering, people would come and visit my mom. She was very well-known and very well-loved. She'd been teaching Bible in her church for her whole life. And people would come into this room where my mother was, really the front living room, in a smaller house. They had taken everything out. Her hospital bed was there. If you know anything about ALS, first you can't move your extremities, then you can't move your legs or your arms at all, then eventually, at the end, you can't swallow food, you can't talk at all, you can't eat anything, and then finally you can't breathe, is what happens. And, you gotta scoot, it's okay. And, and, uh, well you can stay if you want. <laughs> and eventually you'd have to get out of it. It's all good, no, it's fine. So my mother was um, on her deathbed, actually, and there were scriptures written all over the walls, all over the whole room. And uh, this is the scripture that I wrote on, my, on the wall all the way across the top. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And I remember like I'm standing here writing the last words. Do you believe this? Because that's what, there's the fork in the road right there, y'all. It's only true for you if you believe it. My mother couldn't, she'd been writing things on notes, but she couldn't write anymore. She couldn't speak anymore. I had a sense it'd be the last time I would see her, and it was. And so... I read the verse out loud after I'd written it all, and I got real close to her, right down close to her face beside our bed, and I said, now, Mom, I know you can't talk. I know you can't say anything to me. I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this. But if you believe this, I want you to blink your eyes. And she was just like. <laughs> and... I'm going to tell you, there isn't anything more important in the number of days and weeks and months and years that you get on this earth than you come to the place where you can say from your heart, I believe this. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. 
do you believe this? If you do, it's where it all starts. And from there, you get to know him more and more. And to know him is to love him. And the purpose of this property is to help uh, men find sobriety. But it would sure be a joy for us if along the way you found a personal faith in Christ. And then you could say with us, you know, to know him is to love him. Let's pray. Father, we just pray and ask that these words that have been spoken would uh, remain with us according to your will and that you would use them uh, to grow our faith and increase our experience of strength from you so that our human goal of sobriety could be met and so that our ultimate goal of eternity with you could be a settled reality through your faith, through our faith in your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. So I hope that you've been really encouraged today through this clear teaching from God's Word. I just want to thank you from the whole team for listening to the James McDonald podcast, where the learning is for loving, loving God, and for loving others more and more until we see Him face to face. Thank you for standing with us. Your prayerful support is our lifeline to continue this gospel partnership, and it makes podcasts like these possible. If you're not part of a vibrant, life-giving gospel church, check out this new alternative. It's called the Home Church Network. You can get it at homechurchnetwork.global. All the ministry information, Bible teaching, and and resources are there, and also at jamesmcdonaldministries.org. Hey, thank you again for listening.